up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lahorn. This week on the pod, we're kicking off spooky season. We've yeah, got baby. an A24 deep cut coming in today. Ooh. The 2015 horror film, The Black Coat's Daughter. Two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding school over winter break. Just to note that this podcast was recorded and created during the 2023 SAG after strikes without the labor of the actors that are currently on strike. These movies being covered here on this podcast would not exist. Uh, spoilers are ahead for the Black Coat's Daughter. We will be spoiling mm-hmm. this movie. Um, yeah, so spooky season is upon us. And Dear. we have, so we're over 100 episodes deep now in the podcast. So that that puts us in a little bit of a predicament where we've covered all the heavy hitters. We've done some things, some, some big horror movies twice, actually. Yeah. Um, we've revisited certain things. And so for this spooky season, we decided let's get a little deeper. Let's, let's do things. Not a lot of people have seen or talked about or watched. And we're kicking off with the black Coat's daughter. Uh, how are you feeling about spooky season? Well, I mean, we're an a 24 pod. They're renowned for their horror. Yeah. How's life been? I can't complain. I mean, we, our first, some of our first episodes, I think five and six were hereditary and midsummer. Like, Oh we, yeah. We didn't wait for spooky season for those. No. So <laughs> if you, if you want to listen to us talk about some traditional spooky season, a 24 stuff, go back and listen to it. Uh, there's plenty there. I am excited genuinely to like get into some of these deeper cuts here. Uh, I think the other one that we're going to be talking about a couple of weeks is weeks is in fabric. Mm-hmm. So that'll be kind of fun. So just stuff that like, I've never heard anyone talk about ever. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, cool, let's like, let's cover everything. It's an A24 pod. So I'm, I'm stoked. We are, we are mixing it up with some non spooky stuff though. Um, right. I, yeah, we, you guys are going to be covering Dick's the musical next week, which is yep. great. Um, and then I guess it's still spooky season for you with this draft we got coming up because you don't know <laughs> whether or not, uh, some movies are going to make the I'm cut. I'm very so. scared to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I'm very scared. So yeah, it's the whole month of spooky season for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, we've announced, um, kind of on Twitter and yeah, on Instagram yeah. as well. If you don't follow us on there, um, you should do that. That's where we kind of announce our, our calendar and our, our, our plans for the month. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be covering Dick's the musical as it kind of comes out nationwide. Of course, a new A24 movie. And then end of the month, uh, like you said, spooky season continues because um, we should both be very scared of the collaborative draft that we're going to be having. We're going to be having um, a wonderful guest from across the pond from a different country, which is really exciting to do a Martin Scorsese collaborative rankings draft. To be honest, I can't even stomach talking about it right now because you and I have been texting about it almost every day uh, for like the last week. And that is enough to like give me like an ulcer. I'm stressing yeah. out so much because of what might happen on that show. It's going to be unreal. I can't wait. I mean, we both have shown each other kind of our watch list and it's nuts. You know, it's like, yeah, I think I've watched seven movies now, but I still have like 22. I want to watch in the next like <laughs> 20 days. Um, yeah. But yeah, with him, it's like, there's stuff that obviously we've both seen that everyone's seen Goodfellas and, uh, departed all that kind of stuff but it's like how many of his deep cuts do we want to get into what is actually going to make the draft you know all that kind of stuff so it's it's yeah. going to be fun I, we thought musicals was tough i feel like scorsese <laughs> is going to be really really interesting i love how we're just like you know christopher nolan's the first one that's pretty solid right like oppenheimer comes out of course that makes sense yeah second one we're like musicals that's fun like let's have a fun guest on and have a good time and like talk about musicals 
And then number three, we're just like, let's get fucking cutthroat let's and do, do the it. greatest American <laughs> living director um, or maybe ever of all time. So, yeah, we're going to escalate things and get really, really spooky. So, yeah, it's like a half spooky season around here, half not. Uh, but things are really, really fun. Um, before we talk about Black Coat's daughter, A24 Housekeeping, we got a new trailer for Priscilla, which just yeah, debuted do. at the New York Film Festival a few days ago. It's gotten pretty good reviews. Um, the new trailer... Look, speaking, you know, speaking of spooky season, it's getting dark. Like we're, yeah. we're, it's going there. The trailer is going there. The movie is going there. What did you think of the new Priscilla trailer? I think it looks great. So many people, not, I mean, there were just a lot of people after that first teaser where it's like, oh, I can't believe she's covering her. Like she was only like 15 when they got together and mm-hmm. I can't believe like we're encouraging this blah, blah, blah. It's like, you guys just shut up and wait for the trailer because there's no <laughs> way Sofia Coppola one. is going to be like, yeah, this was all okay. Like this, that's right. not what she's going to do. And we saw that in this trailer, like the line reading of like, you're really mature for your age. I'm like, oh God. This is like, so, or he says that to like the dad, right? Like, oh, she's really mature for her age. I'm like, oh, that's gross, man. Like, yeah. that's just, you know, oh, um, I think it looks amazing. I think Sofia Coppola is a great director. I'm very excited to see this movie. Um, Alordi, yeah. he looks good as Elvis, you know. He like, sounds good as Elvis, to be he honest. Sounds really he sounds good, good. too. Um, you know, Austin Butler did his thing last year, and we all know how much I love that Elvis movie, but I'm very, very excited for Priscilla. Same here. I'm very excited for Priscilla. It's definitely one of my most anticipated of the remainder of 2023. I think it's going to be, I think it is an, a fascinating societal experiment to have. Elvis last year be so famed and so core to not only movies and the Academy, but like pop culture as a whole, like everybody rallied around like the Austin Butler train, like either Austin Butler looks good or he sounds good or like everything. He's just the it guy. Um, And so then to have Priscilla come out this year, which is like the other side of the story coming from Priscilla Presley coming from Sofia Coppola um, I think it's a really interesting uh, exercise to see what what about this movie sticks, what what the conversation is going to be around it. Of course, uh, kind of like you mentioned, I think I think there's going to be a lot of bad takes surrounding yeah. um, the the subject matter of this movie, but it seems much more um, yeah dark, probably authentic, um, and, and much more revealing, especially um, considering yeah. what was left out of the Elvis movie last year. So. Yeah, I think Priscilla looks really good. That comes out in December. We are definitely covering it here on the show. Hopefully it goes nationwide. I don't know, A24, whatever you want to do. Also, if you want to send us screeners, like we're totally open to that. We just do. My computer hopefully can handle streaming a movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, as my computer, you know, breaks down every single week that I, <laughs> that I do this pod. Um, okay, Ben. So I took a double shot of espresso like two hours ago at 5 p.m. at night. Oh, yeah. And I'm fired up for this pod about this deep cut horror movie that nobody's seen, nobody talked about. And I was pretty sure it was a guest, like, or, or a, a listener suggestion. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't, I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find any messages. I couldn't find yeah. any uh, mentions, any tweets, any Instagram DMs. I couldn't find any YouTube comments. So it's possible I entirely made this up and was just like, let's just talk about the Black Coat's Daughter. Maybe I just like picked it out of a lineup. Um, if you suggested this movie, please let me know because I feel terrible that I that I missed that you whoever you are suggested this movie, um, but we're gonna talk about it regardless. I really want to know your thoughts. I'm really curious to hear what you thought of this film. If you would have told me <laughs> about a year and a half ago 
that the witch wouldn't be the most boring a24 horror movie (laughs) you've ever seen i would be like no there's no way that's possible the witch has been dethroned nothing could possibly bore me more than the witch like you've got to be kidding me and then i put on the black coat's daughter (laughs) what is happening like this is so slow i don't feel like there's like any payoff i feel like they were really really riding the coattails of a blue filter on the on the (laughs) on the screen and like let's try to have creepy music like what if what if we tried to be trent reznor wouldn't that be kind of cool and make it spooky and stuff that's my favorite score is like hey let's copy trent reznor yeah right let's do that um yeah i don't know man like i i just i didn't have a good time with this movie and i I wanted to, like I said, genuinely at the beginning, like I'm excited to get into some of these deeper cuts, but as this was going on, it's like, maybe, maybe there's a reason I've never heard about this movie. Maybe it's just like, uh, you don't need to see it, you know? And I, I respect people's opinions on it. If you recommended this, like, I, I'm sorry for my opinion on this. Like, I'm glad that you love this movie. Um, I think that's fantastic. I, I like Emma Roberts. Like I, I like the, girl who's like she's sabrina right on the netflix show now isn't that who the, the other blonde girl is cat i have I, I no think, clue i think she is um okay like they're they're fine i just like this movie just was a complete miss for me it, like i Kiernan just shipka is that who you're talking about that Ke- sounds wonderful okay yeah um, Kiernan shipka <laughs> yeah i don't know it was just like there's just a complete miss nothing worked for me um you know even I think I got a little bit of like a, Oh, once. And it's when we see those like three heads lined up in front of the furnace. I was like, Oh damn. Okay, cool. Like you did it, you know, but like the rest of the movie, it's like, this is, it just was not captivating to me. Unfortunately, I feel really bad because like, I wanted to like it. I, I also thought I was like a guest recommend and I always want to like take those seriously and really just like try to understand like why someone recommended this, why I haven't seen it yet, all that kind of stuff. But this one just completely missed the mark. I don't think, I don't think it's worse than the witch in the sense that like the hype of the witch, you know, really made it fall flat for me. Cause like so many people love it, you know? Yeah. And like, so I still think the witch is like the worst movie. Cause I had no expectations for black Coat's daughter, but like I was probably more bored watching this. Cause like, at wow. least we got, like Ralph Vinison doing cool like yeah. voice work, you know what I mean? And like Anya Taylor Joy is cool to watch. Like I was m- more entertained, but that's a really low fucking bar, <laughs> you know what I mean? To say the <laughs> least. So Kiernan Shipka is going to is in a new movie that's out this year called Totally Killer. Um so she's she is the the lead woman of another horror film okay. this year. Um you are a mean person, Ben. You're just, you're just mean. You're just, you're just so, That's, I've been told so that so rude. many times. You're yeah. so mean. I actually, I was ready to get, this is insane. I was ready to get on this pod and be like, this is Sleeper A24 horror movie right I love here. it. This is, I love this it. is more people who should watch this. Like, taper your, or temper your expectations for sure. Like, we're not yeah. talking about Midsommar. We're not talking about hereditary we're not even talking about like talk to me like not not that level but like i don't know if you watch horror movies and like you like a24 and it's spooky season and you're like 
how can I mix things up? Like, what's yeah. something intriguing that I haven't seen? I would not have a problem suggesting this film. Um, I think you're right, though. It's slow. The, the first act is brutally slow. It is tough to follow and get engaged. But I think there's a hard break for me where I was like, ooh, okay, like, I'm pretty locked into this now. I'm, I'm actually interested on, ha- on how these characters, Cat, Rose, and Joan, how they all intersect and what we're doing and, and yeah. w- how things are going to get horrific and scary. Um, I'm always a big fan of movies that um, have a character with a, a kind of um, demented voice saying, Hail Satan. I think that's a big W for this movie for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it has, I wrote this on my letterbox review, but it's got the Holy Trinity of horror film um, kind of like um, action pieces, if you will. So we've got stabbing. We've got beheading and we've got an exorcist or an exorcism. Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty good. Um, I had a, an all right time. I wouldn't say this, this is a great movie by any means, um, but I don't think it's a bad movie uh, like you, like, like a mean person would say. Yep. Um, like a very th- mean person. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's okay. Like, I think it's okay. I think there are a lot of questions at the end that it, does not explore that I would have liked answers to that. I would have liked a little bit more clarity or um, a little bit more linear storytelling to kind of flesh some things out. But I think Emma Roberts gives a, gives a pretty good performance, even though she has like the least amount of screen time, it seems like throughout the film. Uh, And at least for me, there was enough to keep me engaged about like, Oh, like this, this girl's like being overtaken by Satan. Like that is that what's happening or like, are we are we doing like a murder cold case here? Like, how are these things intersecting? I thought it was really interesting. It is only ninety three minutes long, so for you to say that you were so bored, that's that's tough. Like, that yeah. is a a tough beat for the film for sure. It's a long ninety three. Yeah, and that's hard. That's hard to accomplish for a movie to be like a long yeah. ninety three minutes. Um, I feel like I was watching The Irishman. I'll tell you that. It's like, goddamn, just three hours. Bad take. <laughs> Keep the Scorsese takes to the end of the month, then. <laughs> Save them. God. I am interested, though, because this movie, we have three characters. We have Cat, Rose, and Joan. And essentially, Cat and uh, Rose are the two girls that are left over winter break at this um, all-girls school. Slowly, Cat becomes overtaken or possessed with a, yeah. a d- demonic spirit or figure or Satan or what have you, um, and goes to kill um, essentially the, the, the only two kind of uh, women that are working the grounds. Um, she murders them. She then proceeds to kill Rose um, and then takes their heads and places them in front of Vernus and, and um, has some kind of ritual and says, hail Satan. And um, then kind of like gets shot by a cop um, yeah. in the shoulder uh, is what I believe. And then we have Joan's story, which is Emma Roberts. And this is kind of part of a different um, timeline, if you will. This is, set from what I believe nine years in the future, nine years after Rose has died. Yeah. Um, I have so many questions to quickly fire off to you. Number one, did the, did the multiple timelines work for you or was that more confusing than it was worth? No, I, I mean, it worked as much as it could, you know, that we don't know that at the beginning, it's not till he pulls out the photo of his daughter. Yeah. And it's kind just of like, like a the, twist. Yeah. Then it's like a little bit of an intrigue. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Cause I think we're led to believe for the most part that, those are cats uh, parents that are finally showing up, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, they were. Yes. Cause they were like late showing up to the thing. 
or even Rose's parents that were like supposed to be there on Friday. That's kind of how I took it. That makes sense too. Yeah. So like these people are supposed to be there. It's like, okay, that's who they are. And then we see the photo like, Oh shit. Okay. Hold on. Now with like, this is like a whole different timeline. That that's interesting. Um, the Emma Roberts, that whole storyline was the most intriguing to me. Just kind of curious, like how we end up where we do, you know, knowing the other characters that we're following. So that, that was the most intriguing part to me. So Emma Roberts character, Joan, that is, that is cat. Is that correct? Like that is cat in the future because we get these little like flashes where Joan strangles somebody and takes her license and adopts the name of Joan. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the way that I read the movie is that cat does this and goes on this killing spree, has this exorcism, um, is then somehow released or, or allowed to continue living or something and then proceeds to kind of uh, take over these identities and become someone else because Joan has a shot, like a wound, a bullet wound in her shoulder, which is where I thought Kat got shot initially oh, okay. for like the uh, ceremony that she was performing. What, how did you interpret like the whole interconnectedness of everything in the two timelines? Uh, I interpreted it as like the priest dude gave her the exorcism. And then I feel like we see whatever the devil, Satan, whatever, uh, you notice know, outside the door thing. And she's like, Don't very go, Donny, Donnie Darko, know? by the yeah, way, exactly. And she's like, don't go or whatever it is that she says. And then the next shot it's gone. So I took, it's like, okay, that kind of like it follows, like if that's going to go mm-hmm. take over a new body now. So oh, I assume that interesting. At, at some point it ends up in Joan. And then like, maybe the, the memories are kept within the Satan devil thing so that's why maybe in some of the flashbacks we were seeing stuff because it could remember what it had done when it was cat or whatever you know what i mean yeah um i don't know if that's accurate or not fascinating like maybe that's it but like you said too like maybe it is just supposed to be an aged up cat in nine years is her so i i have no idea but that's that's my takeaway is like it just went and found a new body i like your take because that would be pretty cool if that spirit or embodiment did take like memories with it along with physical traumas. I think that's really interesting. And maybe that kind of tracks a little bit more because maybe that is what caused Joan to strangle this person and abduct or like basically take over their identity in the first place, um, as well as kill Bill and Linda at the very end. And I feel like that checks out a little bit better with the final scene we get of Joan being brought back to that school breaking and going to the furnace and then basically crying about like the weight that she feels now because she understands what actions were taking place. And like now she is kind of enveloped in this, in this world, in this history of murder. Um, that's really interesting. I like that a lot better. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I think that's awesome. There, she three- put, sorry, she put their heads in the luggage, right? Like that's what she was wheeling around. Yep. yep. So, okay, yeah, I guess that kind of, that would track that it was taking it back to, the, I don't know why this furnace is like yeah, what makes the furnace to, so special? to like worship at, but apparently it is. I guess so. Uh, 3.2 on Letterboxd, 75% certified fresh for critics, 51% for audience. I would assume that 51% for the audience is what we just discussed. This like different interpretation of like what these timelines actually mean and yeah. what, how they could interconnect. Um, 
I noticed some alternate posters on Letterboxd too. I thought this was worth mentioning. Oh, a yeah. lot of these alternate posters say February as like the title, which I'm really interested in because so early on in the movie, like the first thing we see and then we get a flashback later on is her parents supposed to show up like the 24th or something of February. Yeah. I, I personally like that title a lot more. I think it's more ambiguous and I think it is um, more indicative of like a time spanning um, situation, um, which, which is what we get. What does the black coat's daughter mean? Like, is this, is this spirit black coat? Is that what we're assuming? I guess like, I don't know exactly, but I know that's like the song that plays over the credits is black right. coat's daughter. That's the first time there's any sort of direct reference to it. So I'm sure there's a smarter person listening who's like, you idiots, it's this, you know, but like, <laughs> you dumb fucks. For me, it I was out. like, I don't know exactly <laughs> that maybe, maybe if like we read the lyrics to Black Coat's Daughter, it would make sense. But yeah, I don't know. February would have been a cool title. You weren't engaged enough to be like, hmm, what do these lyrics mean for this movie? I just like, tell, let me try to understand this more. <laughs> like, let me spend more time of my life, my short life, <laughs> talking about Black Coat's Daughter, you know? I think this is definitely one of those times where one of these rare times where I feel like if you make a couple narrative choices and changes to the 93 minutes that we do get, or you add on like seven to nine minutes of more background, more detail, more understanding of how this spirit works, uh, more screen time for that, like really just trying to gel some more things together. I think this is a much more cohesive and strong movie narratively, visually, like, I think there were just a few uh, puzzle pieces that didn't quite connect, like strings that just didn't quite reach to the other end uh, for what we did end up getting. Let's do true cinema. Are you, are you ready to go through the scenes? Let's do it. Okay, awesome. I know you've been looking forward to this as, as much as possible. <laughs> um, the intro with Rose, we kind of figure out who Rose is. Um, I wrote down smoking and pregnant. Um, this is kind of like a little sidebar story that we end up getting where she thinks she's pregnant from her boyfriend and then ends up not being pregnant. Um, and then later on in the movie, she finally gets her period and then leaves the bathroom only to be fucking murdered. So I can only imagine the um, elation uh, <laughs> right. to the devastation was a pr- pretty big, pretty vast crevice there. What an emotional roller coaster that must have been like, oh, my <laughs> God, my life isn't over. I don't have a baby, like all that stuff. And then just like walk out of the bathroom and literally your life is over now. Done. Literally, physically. Uh, next one is the intro to Joan. I did like these kind of these name cards. I yeah. don't really know if they were placed at the right moments in time. I just felt like they were kind of a cool um little editing trick of the movie. I don't yeah. think they like worked for me, like quote unquote worked or did anything. Um, the Joan intro, uh, escape from psychiatric hospital. Like, what is this that we see? Because she's got a big uh, bracelet on initially that is like not supposed to come off. Um, what did you, what did you take that as? I think by the end, I took that as like, maybe she was the next person to be taken over by this like devil thing. And then whatever actions it was doing led her to be put into the psychiatric hospital, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of a thing. So I don't, I don't know exactly, but I thought it was an interesting intro to this character. Um, and then just like immediately meeting the, the parents you know it's like oh okay he's like i'm yeah also lauren holly from dumb and dumber shout out I haven't seen her yeah. in a long time so good job being the mom <laughs> huge win um i i agree with your reading of the film more but to juxtapose that and try to back up my own thought process here um 
I took that as um, that cat was then after her exorcism was then put away somewhere for, for oh, essentially yeah. for nine years. Right. And, and somehow the, the black coat or Satan or whatever we're calling it found its way back because I think there was that kind of push and pull of like, don't go. I need you. This is my life now. This is my energy. Um, and so maybe it came back and yeah. allowed her the ability to escape. So I think that that could be read um, as that as well. I'm, I, again, like I'm sure listeners are probably just like you, you moron, like that's not even close to what it's trying to say, but I said it initially and I feel like I have to back it up or else I'm, I'm dumb. So, um, and if you next- know, if you have a reading on this, like, let us know, tell us we're yeah, wrong. Please. Like, please, I, I, maybe I won't dislike this so much if I understand it better. So <laughs> yeah. if you, if you get it, please let us know. Absolutely. Um, you know, I honestly, it would be fun to talk to somebody, um, either, either the director, like someone that wrote the film or somebody even that worked on the film about like more. Like I just yeah. want, I, I kind of, I truthfully like kind of want to be enveloped in this world a little bit longer just so I can really suss out like what, what we're trying to do and where we're going. Um, next bullet point, Rose sees cat worshiping at the furnace. This is kind of the first time that we get any sense of, okay, this is a horror movie. Things are yeah. going to get out of hand. Things are going to get pretty scary. I liked the beat. I thought it worked well, and I thought it came um, too late, but at a good time where it wasn't anything later in the film and kept us waiting any longer. Yeah, I agree with that, and maybe I I wanted more of that, and then we just got into yeah what we got into, you know, and so it's just like, <laughs> all right, I don't know. You had me for a second. Guess <laughs> you know, we're doing this now. Cat <laughs> yeah. um, telling Rose her parents are dead. This is... One of the most intriguing scenes to me because it kind of tells us that Kat is being overtaken already, even though her voice is not becoming distorted. And like, um, it's essentially this, this, you know, premonition from the satanic figure through Kat of like, your parents are going to die. Yeah. How, how did that play? So because this is, see, this is where it gets a little confusing to me because Rose's parents are technically um, Bill and Linda mm-hmm. in the other timeline, quote unquote, with Emma Roberts' character, right? So, like, how does this cat character? Why does they? Why do they say Rose, your parents are dead? Is that just like a fake out? Is that just like, let me fucking scare you so I can kill you? Or like, is that a is that a reading of like, hey, in nine years I'm gonna kill your parents? I took it more as that second thing, you know, it's like mm. they're, they're gone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's how, that's how I read it. it. It just like, I don't know that it worked for me either way. See what I mean? That it it could be, it, that is definitely a little, a little divisive there. Uh, next one on the list, Joan and Bill have dinner and the Rose picture. This is like kind of that very first twist of like our daughter died nine years ago. Let me mm. show you a picture of her. Uh, and bam, it ends up being Rose. It really worked for me. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, we're t- okay. We're tying things together now. This is fascinating. I'm really curious how yeah. we're going to connect these strings. Um, and I will say, um, the actor who plays Bill is also an Oppenheimer. And I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Shout out. Love to see Oppenheimer people getting work. Um, Do you not like, like they movie? need it. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. So I, what I you're probably saying need to see it like more. A- I need to see it again, is my take. Are- 
I feel like I'm excited for every movie we watch that has a middle-aged white guy. She's like, hey, guess what? He's an Oppenheimer. It's like, oh, really? Like with everyone else in Hollywood, he, he showed up in Oppenheimer. That's awesome. You know that's um, going to be the take for the next five years. It's like, oh, that white guy was an Oppenheimer. That white an guy Oppenheimer. was an Oppenheimer. That's like, that's the cheat code now for the nine degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, it's it like, is. It used to be the MCU, and now it's Oppenheimer. Now it's, it's like, Oppenheimer. Yep, everybody was an Oppenheimer. We've, ch- we've changed the culture. We've we've, we've done it. what Black Adam was supposed to do, but we've done it with Oppenheimer. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you like the diner scene to the the Rose picture? Did that work for you at all? Yeah, that totally worked for me. That's I think when I was the most intrigued was mm-hmm. seeing that because that's the first time we really understand that the timelines aren't in the same time, you know, right. and. So we've had Kat telling Rose that her parents are dead. And then we realized like, oh wait, these are Rose's parents. Like, okay, hold on. So what's happening here? So it, it was the most intriguing part to me, but I just don't know that we ever got that again. And other until the shock of like the three heads, just like, like sitting on the floor. I was like, oh, that's, that's a cool shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a cool it. shot. <laughs> um, okay. Kat vomits at dinner. This is where we really get the turn of like, she's being possessed. Um, she screams at these two women who are working there. Um, incredibly nice women, by the way. Like they did not deserve this stabbing. They didn't deserve a death that they did. Um, unless you disagree, I don't know. You like to see a little rampage? Um, no, I don't know that they deserved it. They definitely didn't deserve <laughs> to be beheaded. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> one was... step too far on the beheading. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where Cat yells, "Get your hands off me, cunt!" Which pretty solid to be honest with you like um always love a good like line reading of of screaming and calling people um names which yeah. is really fun um that was a little out of left field and then ringing phone and this is again where we hear this distorted voice tell cat kill all the cunts which again um you know just it felt like the um very like horror version of succession to me where it was just like we got to take these people down um, and we're just going to call them cunts, which, you know, yeah. I don't mind, honestly. Uh, brought a little juice to the movie. What if they killed people in succession? Oh, my God. What kind of, I mean. Succession, but let's murder people? Yeah, like, let's then take people out. Like, they would have killed, what's his name, right? The Skarsgård. They've just been like, well, let's just kill him. Then we can close the deal. Like, then <laughs> <laughs> he has to back out of the deal so if he's you- dead. In addition to being not only the most powerful and wealthy family in America, you're telling me that the Roys also know how to cover up murder. Yeah. That's not bad. That's pretty I like good. It. I like what it. Are, for all we know, that could be true. That could yeah, be, I don't that know could be that, real. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. There's definitely, <laughs> that has happened, I think, without a doubt. A hundred percent. They just, yeah. you know, they just get their Hugos. They get the, the dogs of the world woof, woof, <laughs> yeah, to exactly. take care of business for them, honestly. Um, okay, we get the stabbings, of course. There is a moment in this that I really did appreciate. We get this big 180-degree camera turn that follows kind of the father around to the back of the house um, for him to discover these killings. Um, I'm just going to roll through these real fast, and then Let's we can kind of maybe like, um, break them down anymore if we need to. So um, the cop finds cat. We kind of mentioned this, the three heads in front of the furnace, um, this, and then we get the big hail Satan, um, huge, huge vibe for this movie for sure. This connects to an earlier flashback that we get with Joan where um, we see a cop shoot her as far as we're aware. Yeah. And um, Joan does have that shoulder scar. So I think that's kind of like the interlocking moment here. Joan then murders Bill and Linda. 
um, just fucking slices Dude. Bill's neck raw right there. My guy did not deserve that. Um, if anything, sure, he was being a creep. Uh, no pro- like no doubt about that. But I mean, we don't need to slice our necks. Like yeah. just you know, just just learn your boundaries. Keep your yeah, distance. Exactly. Um, did Bill and Linda deserve to die? No, but just don't pick up hitchhikers. Also, like <laughs> take that lesson from this movie. Like just in case they're possessed by the devil and they have a steak knife in their pocket that they got from the diner. Like don't pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've always lived my life by that ideal of like, let's not pick up hitchhikers, but I've never folded into the mix. Like they might be possessed by Satan. So let's yeah. just keep our distance. That's really wise. Can never That's, be too safe. You talk about life pro tips on Reddit. We got to put that in there. There it is. Watch out for people there possessed by Satan. Um, then we get the exorcism. Then we get that final shot of, crying of joan crying kind of in the snow um what's your true cinema moment you want to rehash any of these do you have any any thoughts to add to any of these moments i like the cop showing up um again like i I like that shot of the three heads at the furnace but the thing i like about that scene is we're hearing everything through cat's interpretation as like the devil like the cop's voice is distorted really cool and i thought that was just like really well done just to show how possessed she was it's like she can't even hear normally anymore. Like she is so, so possessed and taken over by this being. Um, so I thought that was, that was really well done. Um, quick question before you get to yours. Did you, did you get any Midsommar ending vibes with this final shot of Joan? Because like she cries and cries yeah. and cries. Then suddenly it's just like straight face cut to black. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so initially. I think yeah. I was like, I think that the level just isn't, quite there for me to be that engaged to be like oh my god like maybe she's possessed like wonder how long she's going to be possessed for her now like i guess i just didn't have enough of a vested interest to care about like what comes next what happens the next day right um so i guess i'm kind of in your boat for that but i respect it like i do i do think the intent or like the intention itself was productive to be like let's not overshare let's not over visualize let's try to, you know, put some of the pieces together in our minds of like what could happen. Yeah. I respect that. I think that's pretty good. Um, was like, what made cat possessed? That's my, that's my big question. How did we get to the initial possession? Did it come from someone else? Like, does cat have memories and things as well? Like how, how does it work? I want to know how Satan wins in this movie. Yep. Me too. <laughs> but <laughs> I have no idea. Like, yeah, I have no clue. Oh, well, I got no idea. Um, yeah. my true cinema moment is actually going to be when Joan murders Bill and Linda. I think it's just fucking ice cold, really raw stuff from Emma Roberts, who or Emma Roberts, who has really become a a, a scream queen, quite honestly, yeah. through American Horror hey. Story. Literally in the TV show, Scream Queens, right? There we go. Look at us. Uh, look at me. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that was a good moment. Uh, and especially for this movie, trying to delve into, like, we're this is a horror movie. That, mm-hmm. that was much needed. Something like that, just cold as ice. Let me just slit some people's throats, cut off their heads, and put them in a suitcase. That's pretty dark shit. And, like, put on top of that, like, you're possessed by Satan. That's, yeah. I think that's pretty good, to be honest. Like, I think it's good for a horror movie to do that. And this movie potentially needed more moments like that, that were just a a little bit more unhinged, a little bit more raw horror, a little bit wilder, maybe take it off campus a little bit, maybe get 
a little more vast in like how this story plays out instead of keeping it so tightly wound and tightly knit. Could be interesting. Um, so yeah, my true summer moment. Um, A one act. We talked about Emma Roberts. We're gonna do an A one act for. Her. I don't think we've seen any A twenty four movie with her in it. So I'm gonna blaze through some of these. I'm gonna slice through some of these. That's what I should have said. Wow. Okay. Step too slow. Um, blow Drake and Josh. I wanted to put Drake and Josh on here because that's movie there. That show is fantastic. Um, Aquamarine, Nancy Drew, Unfabulous, Valentine's Day. It's kind of a funny story. Scream Four. What's your take on Scream Four? Pro or one of the, against? One of the best intros in the Scream movie. I love e- it. Elite intro. Really got me. Literally, the yeah. first time I saw it, I was duped twice. Yeah. Because I had twice. no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. It worked worked so well. Uh, Celeste and Jess Forever. We are the Millers, Adult World, The Black Coat's Daughter, Nerve, Scream Queens, like we mentioned, uh, Drake, Nice for What music video. Thought that was a little interesting nugget in her filmography there. Um, the Hunt, Holiday, About Fate, American Horror Story, of course, which she has been, um, I believe, in every single season, and including the new one that's airing right now. And then um, Madam Web, Upcoming. She's going to be in that film. Yeah. What's your Emma Roberts A1 act? Uh, I mean, we mentioned Scream 4 already, so I'm going to go with yeah. We Are the Millers. Uh, okay. I think that's a really kind of underrated comedy, uh, super funny. Her character is like one of the least likable out of the family, but uh, yep. she still is great in it. So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, and it, it led us to the meme of no regrets, which is <laughs> just wonderful. Huge win for as society, honestly, yeah. as a whole. Um, I'm actually going to go with American Horror Story. <clears throat> so. I like American Horror Story. I'm not an avid fan. I'm not watching the new season, but I did go on a tear for a while where like I blew through like probably the first four or five seasons, I think. Um, and then I got a little burnt out. And I thought it would turn into a little bit of a weak show. But I think the second season is called American Horror Story Coven. If I were, if if I'm okay. pulling that from the dark webs of my brain correctly, I like it. And from what I remember, I was like, this is a good show. Emma Roberts is good. I like her in horror things. And she's part of a coven. And you know what? She's kind of a hot witch. So, like, I feel like everybody wins in that situation. Win, and that's win, win. That's it. It's a win, yeah. win, win. And that's when American Horror Story was, like, actually really good. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, second A1 act, we wanted to do movies set in a school. Because, of course, this, this does happen in school. Yeah. This is not hard and fast. Not every moment of the movie has to be in a school. But the school has to be a core setting of the film itself. So, yeah. This is the list that I was able to uh, come up with here. We've got The Black Coat's Daughter, The 400 Blows, Armageddon Time, Boys, Bottoms. Have you seen Bottoms, by the uh, way? Yeah. Oh, me neither. I'm dying. I really want to see, see it. Rachel Sennett. Let's go. God, Rachel Sennett Hive. Let's rise. Um, Child's Play, Cool School. A lot of these I added from Wikipedia just because they had the word school in them. I'm going to be like quite it. frank with you because I, I, like I couldn't, couldn't leave them off the list. Um, a crime in school, of course. Um, doubt. <clears throat> the elementary school. Freedom Riders. Good Burger. The Good Teacher. The Heartbreak Kid. Horror High. High School Musical. School of Rock. Matilda. Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, Rushmore. Shazam. Teacher of the Year. And Whiplash. That's the list. Nice. What like are you going it. with? You know what? Hit me give with a, a surprise. I'm giving you a top three. Oh, here we go. Big All guns. off the list. What? All three off the list? All three off the list. You're digging yourself a surprise hole while now every week you have to come back bigger and better. 
Let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> as long as the categories are like this. Uh, number three, bring it on. Okay. Uh, I've heard good things. Wonderful movie. Number two, Mean Girls. Oh, so how the fuck did I leave that off the list? I don't know, but I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> and my number one, like, listen, my, my favorite movie of all time is Ferris Bueller, but I think more of that is focused on being outside of the school. So I'm not putting it in here. Fair. But okay. what I am going to pick is one of my favorite rom-coms of all time. And that's 10 things I hate about you. Mm, good. So that's what I'm going to go with as my number one. That's a really good list of three. That's like that list of three is better than this list of. I don't know if that's true, but I <laughs> couldn't pick just one. So I had to cheat. <laughs> that was good. That's good. Uh, I have a special place in my heart for School of Rock. Love School yeah. of Rock. That's just like, it's just like such an OG movie. And it's directed by Richard Linklater, which like is always such a fascinating right? fact to drop on somebody. It's just like, you know, Linklater made School of Rock and they're like, what? And you're like, yeah. Pretty yep. cool, huh? So and that's so many always a good weird, one. like quotable moments from that movie. You yeah. know, like the little hand, like let's rock, let's rock, <laughs> let's rock today. You know, or yeah. you're the bee's knees, or I'm not cool enough. Like, there's so <laughs> many things that I still say just in my everyday life that are from this movie. So that's a perfect pick. That is, yeah, that is such a good movie. So, uh, yeah, so School of Rock. I, I obviously I want to give a shout out Whiplash. Like I, I love Whiplash. I'm, I'm yeah. of of the Damon Chazelle hive over here. Um, and then I also wanted to briefly mention to see if I unlock any childhood memories for anybody. This movie called Max Keebler's Big Move. Did you ever see this movie? I did Mac, not. Max Keebler's Big Move, I think is what it's called. Um, I don't even know me, what Drake and Josh is, so I have no idea what You don't Max know Keeble what Drake is. and Josh is? No. <laughs> oh, Ben. Oh, this, this might be the end of the pot. We might be at the final episode. <laughs> I will watch an episode of that if you watch Bring It On, because you need to see that movie. Okay, that, that's fair. That's pretty good. Um, I mean, I grew up on Drake and Josh. Max Keeble's big move. Yeah, it's this kid who basically um, tries to, like, get out of going to school. It's a Disney movie. It was, like, an original thing. Um, and hey, Larry Miller, though, from 10 Things I Hate About You. There we go. There's our crossover. So it to um, all together. Excellent, excellent film. Speaking of Drake and Josh, Josh Peck is in this movie. Speaking of Josh Peck, he was in fucking Oppenheimer. Let's white go. guy. We did it. Middle-aged white <laughs> guy for the win. He's in that movie for like 35 <laughs> seconds and doesn't uh, push the button. Okay. 824 ranking for the Black Coat's daughter. What For reference real fast, do you remember what you gave the witch? I can't imagine it wasn't an F. <laughs> I don't like maybe a D minus. I have no idea. Do you remember? No, I, would I would assume it would, I assumed it was an F. Yeah. I don't know. What are you, what are you going to give the Black Coat's daughter? I'm going to vamp and try to look it up and see, but. Oh, you're going to be. Okay. Uh, um, the witch. Yeah. Ben coming in with an F24. I literally don't know if I've ever given an F24 on this pod. I don't know that you have. Uh, we are very, we, very spotty on keeping track of our ratings. Let's just be transparent with the, with the listeners. 100%. 100%. <laughs> we'll, we'll remember to do it for like a streak of three or four episodes and then miss it for like three months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the lowest I see that you gave was. Uh, the idol episode one, you gave F24. Oh, no, no, wait, that's fair. You gave, that's, that's you gave the idol the whole season, you gave it an F24. Yeah, okay, that's accurate 100%. Yeah. I stand by that take. That's a good take. That movie is yeah. or that that show is horseshit. Do you remember what you gave The Witch? I don't know, probably a D plus or C. Nailed minus? it. D plus. D plus, you nailed it. I think that's a little low. Let's be honest. I yeah. think we're gonna do a re uh, The Witch Revisited. I'm excited for your, you and whoever wants to come on to talk <laughs> about that with you because it's not going to be me. Um, 
Yeah, it's F24. If this was more boring to me than The Witch and I gave The Witch an F, like I can't in good conscience give this even a D minus. So this is just an F24 for me. Just plain and simple. That's clean it. as you That's like. That's all there is to it. <laughs> okay. I can't fault that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, um, God, well, see, th- this is a bad position I'm in now because like, I started the pod and I was like, yeah, could be good. Like if you're trying to fill 90 minutes of horror, like this yeah. is something interesting. Um, and then we started breaking it down. And I think I like some of the moments more than I like the whole cohesive piece. Um, C minus 24 for me. I don't, okay. think it's, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like actively bad. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's great either. I don't think it's in like the, of course, not the conversation for like A24 Horror. I think there's a reason it's a deep cut. That There's a reason it's kind of left off of these lists. Um, it has really cool ideas. The cohesive picture does not come together, I don't think. And I think there's um, just kind of some missteps narratively that, that just don't work. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was okay. Okay. I have a question for you. Mm. would you maybe it's like the religious undertones i don't know why i'm like comparing these two movies not comparing them but like they seem similar to some extent would you recommend this movie or saint mod saint mod yeah so i did get a lot of big saint mod vibes in okay. this in this movie for sure it's been a while since i've seen saint mod but what i will say is that saint mod the final 5 minutes are pretty fucking serious into my brain like i i know exactly what that final 60 seconds holds and it's really good it's really like it 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 almost makes the payoff of watching the movie uh worth it so i would probably suggest saint maude just for that aspect i think it's much more memorable and i think it is um much more cohesive in like the story and the religious undertones and what it is saying or trying to trying to tell than black coat's daughter uh, so yeah, pro- probably the same on. And that tracks with your ranking because you gave St. Maude a C24 and you gave this a oh. C minus. So that yeah, totally that's tracks. Fair. I was just, as I was watching this, I was like, those are like the two closest things to me. I'm like, I would definitely recommend St. Maude to somebody over this. And I was just kind of curious to yeah, what your take was on it. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, next week in the pod, ready for more dicks? More dicks. Because they're coming on the pod. We're talking about Dicks the Musical. Brand new guest is going to be joining me to talk about A24's first ever musical uh, while you probably just cry yourself to sleep every night because Utah doesn't have screenings yet. It's ridiculous. I'll <laughs> I don't just know what else to, to say. <laughs> I, I don't either, man. Like, I have no idea what's going on with this state, but uh, hopefully someday we'll get it. I'll just have to watch a Scorsese movie or something. In the, in the meantime, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, A, a new guest for sure, and I've heard really good things about yeah. Dix the musical and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm pretty excited. So, uh, yeah, it should be go, should go well. I'm going to a screening. That's like technically a preview screening, I guess, okay. before it goes like national. So I have a ticket. It's based on a first come first serve, um, kind of like basis. So of course I naturally get very nervous in those situations. It says check-ins at six 30. What's your take? How, how early do I arrive? Cause I have an idea in my head, but I'm curious what you would say. I mean, I like six fifteen. I don't know. Like I oh no, terrible, terrible take. What do you mean? Like too late? Way too late. You got to get there like five forty five at the latest. How many seats does this hold? Do you really think like two hundred yeah, but- people are going to see Dicks and Music? No, no, no. Super small theater. Really, I should have clarified. Oh, okay. Really small local theater. Um, probably. It's like the last time I went, I saw Decision to Leave there, and the theater was probably fifty seats. Like if oh, if 50. okay, yeah, then definitely got to get there a little bit earlier than that. 
Yeah, I was thinking but, like just a basic, you know, Cinemark or Regal. No, or no, no, no. We're t- we're talking about small, pro- like maximum of like eighty chairs, probably. Yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking like five forty-five. I think it's a good call. I feel like it's good. I don't want to let the pod down. You know, I got I I got to put in the work. I got to get there. It's true. Only uh, one of us can let the pod down, and that's I'm, me. So I'm like, I'm like you, letting the pod down all the time. <laughs> you gotta hold us up. Yeah, exactly. Um. Well, I'm excited to listen to it after I see the movie. I think it's gonna be fun. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you guys thought about Black Coat's Daughter. Again, if you understand this movie, please feel free to slide into our DMs and explain it to me. I would tell us why we're stupid. More. <laughs> yeah, let me know what I missed. Um, if you recommended this movie, I apologize for my take on it, but I appreciate you recommending it genuinely. The real um, dick of the pod, right there. Ben. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can hit us up. We're on Twitter and Instagram at twenty four minutes of a twenty four. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube where you can watch our beautiful faces as we talk about this stuff. You can see me try to hide my yawns um, as I <laughs> just get more and more tired. Um, and also we're on Patreon where we cover stuff that is not a 24 related. Mm-hmm. We kicked it all off with mission impossible back in the day. And we are starting a super fun series right now. Really? Good. We're leading up to David Fincher's new film, the killer by watching five of his other I would call them all classics. Yes. Um, and we kicked it off with the game, which is just such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, watch so the game. Good. The and game is a five star film. Let me just put that take out cl- into the universe. You're, you're doing I'm it? claiming it. I'm doing it. The game is a five star film. Which if my math, if I remember correctly, that means it's your 50th five star. Cause I think you said my, you had 49 on the list. That's correct. It is my like 50th five star film of all time. And I feel really good about that take. I will stand by that till my dying days. Till Satan takes me over. I like that I said if my math is correct. What I meant to say if my memory serves right, but it's like my what math would be what's forty nine plus, plus one? one. That's like uh, I think that might be your fiftieth if my math serves. Turns you know. out we are dumb. Actually, we are yeah, stupid. That's good. That's gonna play like that social network scene. Like oh, let me do the math on that real quick. Like oh yeah, it checks out. Um, but we will be covering the social network. So if you want to hear us talk yeah. about that, uh, you can support us for a measly four dollars a month over on Patreon. Um, that's but it. we. Love your support, but we also just appreciate you guys listening to these episodes. So um, feel free to check us out there if you want. Thanks again for listening. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Spring break forever, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>